Welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast, where sexual taboos around sex and motherhood are broken. I am Tilly Storm. I'm a holistic sex and intimacy coach, a jade egg, and a tantric sex teacher. And I work with high-achieving moms to have epic sex and pleasure in the bedroom and beyond. If you struggle with lack of desire and energy for sex, getting out of your head. If you don't know what you want or like sexually, or maybe you're just curious to know what the nervous system, somatics, and embodiment practices have to do with your sex life and your experience of pleasure in the bedroom and in your day-to-day life, I want you to download my private podcast training, Five Days to Epic Sex and Pleasure for High Achieving Moms. Be sure to put in the www.tillystorm.com forward slash five day training to download that free training today. If you're enjoying this content, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, and please leave us a five-star rating and review to help spread the love. Hello, my beloveds. Welcome back. Today, I get to share with you all about my amazing experiences in the jungle in Colombia on a week and a half long ayahuasca retreat with my mentor. I am so excited to be sharing with you about the journeys and the experiences I had of more deeply embodying truths I already knew in my head and in my logical mind. But as I always say, there's uh, always another level of embodiment that gets to happen around certain words or phrases or affirmations we like to tell ourselves are true. Yet, maybe they don't exactly feel true or land true in our bodies. And I'm excited to share with you about that deeper level of embodiment that I've received on a couple different uh, truths that I knew to be true in my head, but have more deeply embodied since doing this experience. Okay, so one thing about the ayahuasca journey is that there are so many different stories that you'll hear out there. So many uh, people who may have had amazing life-changing experiences and then some people who had crazy traumatic experiences. And there is a reason that I chose the mentor that I chose and worked with who I did and went to the place that I did. Uh, Firstly, because it made sense that if you're going to do a plant medicine like this, then you should probably do it in the place that the plant comes from. So doing an ayahuasca ceremony in the United States in a crowded building or, uh, you know, with a lot of people never really made sense to me. That actually felt really unsafe to me. Uh, I'm someone who, you know, I always want to work with the best in the world. I want to work with people who are extremely well-trained and well-versed and Uh, context matters. And I cannot stress that enough with doing things like plant medicines is that, you know, if you're not someone who's experienced in doing these things, that the, the context and the way that you go about it, the way that you do it, the intentionality that you bring to the experience completely determines what your experience is going to be like. So if there's not much intentionality or, you know, you're just like, oh, whatever, I'll just do it anywhere. Uh, then there's a very good chance that your experience might not go very well or that it might be slightly traumatic. Uh, And this is why it's so important to, you know, commit to working with someone that you really trust and that knows how to work with the medicine and can teach you how to work with the medicine. And when we got there, uh, <laughs> I was a bit nervous. I've never done any plant medicines before. I grew up Southern Baptist, so I've had a lot of shaming and a lot of fear 
around doing any sorts of drugs or plant medicines like this. Um, one of the stories that, you know, I received growing up is that, you know, you don't do drugs. You're, you might die if you do. You know, I got that hardcore um, being raised in a family that didn't drink alcohol at all, that didn't even dance. And, you know, that was never there was never alcohol around my house. In fact, I remember taking a waitressing job when I was 18 years old in Colorado. And I worked there for like two weeks because I literally could not figure out the alcohol. (laughs) Yes, I was that naive and dumb about alcohol. Like I didn't know the difference between liquor, wine and beer. Like I couldn't figure it out simply because I didn't grow up with it. Like no one in my family had it. No one in my family drank. Uh, So it was all obscure to me, right? So this is the type of conditioning that I had is that, you know, no one does drugs. So it's just not a part of our life. And this isn't something we do. And if you do, you might turn out like those terrible people or you might just die. Um, So going to do this whole experience was a huge step for me to even trust that it was safe to do it. And the first three ceremonies that we ended up doing were very much healing this inner child part of me that believed that it, this is totally not safe. You're going to die if you do this. Uh, you shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. All of these stories. So <laughs> when I first heard the call to do ayahuasca, uh, it was maybe August of 2021. And I found out about this retreat. And I knew that the person facilitating the retreat was someone that I could trust to do it. And she had worked with the plant medicine for over 10 years. And she took us to a place in Colombia, out in the jungle where the medicine is grown, where we work with facilitators who have been working with this plant since they were seven years old and are now 77 years old. So they've literally been working with the medicine for 70 years. And this family that runs the place um, is very well versed and you know they they grew up with it they grew up with the plant they know how to work with it and they make it there the tea there on the land Uh, so that felt really important and safe for me and going into this experience for the very first time i was very open-minded but at the same time knew that i have a highly sensitive body Um, i had been preparing my body for up to a month it was like four weeks before going on the retreat doing a dieta you know making sure that i'm not you know i already eat vegan so i'm very you know healthy and clean living is already a part of my everyday experience, but how could I up that game even more? So I cut out all caffeine, I cut out all alcohol, um, and basically went to just raw foods for about two weeks before we started. Uh, And I lost some weight as well. I don't check my, I don't check a scale. I haven't had a scale in a decade probably, but, um, I know my clothes were like falling off of me by the time that I went there. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I had spent all of this time cleaning my body, you know, upgrading, up-leveling my cells and really preparing to have an extremely transformative experience. And this is so important for people to do, especially if you don't eat 
very well or have a very healthy lifestyle. Um, otherwise, you'll end up doing what a lot of people do when they first go into ayahuasca ceremonies and they puke all over the place for days and days and days as long as they're doing it. Uh, that was not my experience at all. I puked one time, the very first time, and that was it in five different ceremonies that lasted, you know, eight hours each time. So, um, it really does matter that you prepare your body and your spirit as well. So I also did a lot of spiritual deep dive with my mentor, uh, that, you know, she directed us to do as a group, uh, working through our unconscious commitments, things that, you know, we really wanted to bring into the experience to heal and to integrate. Uh, the amazing thing about ayahuasca is that, uh, you can go in with an intention to heal something, but that doesn't mean that's what you're going to get exactly because the plant, um, it will give you whatever your soul requires to experience its next level, uh, upgrade and what your intention is might not quite be what that next level and what your soul requires to be upgraded around. And one thing that I learned that was super amazing about this plant is that it is a divine feminine plant, that it is a teacher, that the plant has a higher consciousness that it shows you. Um, and some people call it grandmother or abuelita. And grandmother is the consciousness of the plant. And the plant shows you what all it's ready to heal and integrate. So going into the first experience, being someone who has a lot of conditioning and negative stories about doing drugs or plant medicines in the first place, uh, I was hesitant, but open-minded at the same time. <laughs> so the very first day was uh, feeling you know, feeling the plant out, learning how to work with it, and also recognizing a bunch of stories that were based on past beliefs and experiences and patterns that turned out to be real for me. So I had this belief that, you know, doing drugs or anything like this is dangerous, you know, maybe it's not safe, blah, blah, blah. And that was my experience. So the very first time it felt very, uh, not okay. I was in the middle of the experience thinking, oh my God, how in the world would I ever do this four more times, four more days over this eight day experience? I was thinking, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. There's so many visions I'm starting to see, so many things I'm feeling. I'm being hypersensitive to everything. Uh, I'm already a, an extremely sensitive being, but when I took the medicine, you know, it was just kind of, you know, the first day is supposed to be about noticing how your body reacts to the medicine. And recognizing that I didn't tell anyone, and I take full responsibility for this, but I didn't tell anyone how I'm sensitive in my body, that I don't need a lot. I don't need like the normal dosing that everyone else probably needs in order to feel things. Uh, and that's always been the case with me, even around a glass of wine. I can drink a quarter glass of wine and be done, <laughs> like completely done for the day. Um, and I did not share that with anyone. And I ended up taking more than I needed. So that again, I take full responsibility for. And the experience, because I didn't speak up for myself and use my voice, it was a bit overwhelming um, in terms of these sensory things going on. So I noticed patterns of um, being hypersensitive to the noise, the noise in the jungle. Uh, you know, you had so many birds out there, there's someone weed eating and the weed eater felt like it was right at my ear and just piercing through my ear. And, um, 
you know, the, the sensations, if a, a little wave of hotness would come on my skin, it would feel like my skin was burning. Or uh, if the wind blew across my shoulder, it felt like my shoulder was turning into ice. So my whole sensory awareness was so heightened that it felt a bit overwhelming at first. And there were moments where I would go in between these, this hypersensitivity to, okay, just accept, relax, try and relax into this. And then coming into moments of absolute and pure bliss and ecstasy, being like, oh my God, this is amazing. And all of these visions coming to mind. So the medicine, it can work on different levels. It can work on um, a emotional level. It can work on a visionary level and everyone is kind of different. So the, you know, my boyfriend ended up experiencing lots of more emotional things. I experienced so many visions. It was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with all of these visions. So all of them are coming into my mind, into my awareness. And I'm like, wait, I'm sitting here trying to process like what's happening here. (laughs) Wait, that vision of me, you know, being a cell inside of a plant moving in this like micro environment, like what is this? What, what's the teaching here? So I'm noticing my human mind trying to control the experience, which is like lesson number one, you don't get to control the experience. This is a divine feminine plant because it's teaching you to let go of control and to surrender. So uh, some of the visions that I experienced, I'm happy to share with you about those, uh, is one, I had this vision of being in Egypt at a pyramid and in this pyramid, I'm standing at the pyramid and the sun is beaming down on my head into my crown. And I'm in this pure bliss state. I'm experiencing wholeness and oneness with the divine, feeling myself as the divine itself And all of a sudden, the bricks of the pyramid start to turn into um, slot machines and and bring me into this casino scene. And I'm like, ah, I don't like this. You know, what is this? This is, I was just in this pure state of bliss and experiencing my own divinity. And then all of a sudden now I'm in this like really low vibe place where, you know, uh, that I don't want to be in. And I'm recognizing this and noticing as it's happening. And, you know, also all of a sudden, like I'd have this new vision come into my mind of like, oh, you know, I'm all of a sudden now in an Alice in Wonderland scene where you're in the jungle and there's like the big red mushrooms with the little black dots on it. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this either. I want to get out of this, you know? So I'm noticing my human mind being like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I want to get out of here. Oh, you know, there's too much noise. Oh, I'm so sensitive. And I'm noticing all these things. And, you know, once I finally start to come out of the experience, it's like, oh, now I get to integrate this and really learn how to work with the medicine. So I chat with my mentor and we have, you know, a we meet up each each evening after our ceremony and we process and discuss what came up for us in each of the ceremonies. And you know, I'm talking with her and I'm like, yeah, so I've had all of these experiences, these visions, some were amazing, some were like, oh, I don't like this. And she taught me the most amazing ways to work with this. And like the whole point of doing ayahuasca in the first place, one is that 
because it is a divine feminine plan, it helps you to learn how to surrender to anything and everything that's coming into your field of awareness in each and every moment. And to also know that you are sovereign being and have the power to choose whatever you want, whenever you want it. So going into the second ceremony, completely different. I still had a lot of fear come up. I still had a lot of inner child healing, you know, working with my inner child saying, Hey, you know, no one dies from this. It's safe. We're going to be okay. Now we know how to work with the medicine. Um, and that being that, you know, once we drop into the experience, it's not about judging the visions that come to mind or the emotions that you're experiencing. It's about how much can I accept this without trying to process, without trying to dictate what's going on, without trying to control the experience. Because whatever is coming into my awareness is there to be healed. Because this plant works on that level of whatever your soul requires. So who knows why the you know, the pyramid bricks turned into (laughs) slot machines from a casino, you know, maybe I was a gambler in a past life, who the fuck knows, I don't even know this, right. But that doesn't mean that there was healing and integration that was taking place in the first place. So learning how to work with the medicine was the biggest game changer between the day one experience, and then every day after that. Working with it meant that you relax into the experience that you breathe, sound, and move through anything and everything that might feel at the slightest bit uncomfortable and amazing. So going into that second experience was, again, like being with my inner child, showing her, hey, I've got you. You're going to be safe. I promise we're going to heal this. I'm going to prove to you that this is safe because I know that there's so much resistance inside of me. I know you're so resistant to this that that resistance is just proof that whatever is on the other side of this is going to be massive. And it was. And I'm going to share you with that. I'm going to share that with you, uh, the day five experience in a little bit. But working with that and our child to show her that it was safe. So what we did was we played in a field of sunflowers, you know, I'd be like, okay, so look, I'm going to show you that (laughs) the whole time we're, we're taking this and we're in ceremony that it's totally fine that in every moment we can choose that even if something in our awareness comes up that we don't like, how can we come back to full acceptance and love and without judgment for what we're experiencing and also choose to experience more of what we want. So I'd have, you know, other visions come to mind that, you know, maybe they weren't necessarily something I think I would want to choose. And then I'd be like, okay, wow, thank you, uh, guilt for coming up right now. Thank you for all of the ways that you've taught me and all of the blessings that have occurred in my life because I experienced guilt early on. Uh, so it's like working with these emotions and these inner child parts of me to accept and love them because that's what all integration is about. All healing only takes place through love. Okay. The only, the only way things ever get healed is through complete and total love and acceptance. So if you don't want guilt in your life, then what do you get to do? You get to love the guilt. You get to see how it has supported you in all the ways that it supported you. And the more that you can accept it and love it and have appreciation for it, the more that it's like, oh, 
okay, great. Thanks for hearing me. <laughs> no big deal, right? And then it's all of a sudden transmuted. So the energy gets transmuted of it, and then it's no longer in your field of awareness. Well, this is exactly what got to happen with the inner child part of me that was afraid to do plant medicine in the first place. So by day three, I had fully integrated her. Uh, there was a moment where, you know, I was like, okay, what do you need right now to feel safe? And just having this conversation with her, like what, how can I support you and showing you that this is safe? And she'd be like, you know, actually I'm fine. I'm going to go play in the tree house and you're going to be free to work with our inner goddess to create whatever you want to create from here on out. And I was like, fuck yes, finally. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So day two, we proved to her that it was safe. And day three, she's finally like, okay, cool. You can do what you want now. So then I was able to go into the experience from a place of empowerment. And this is exactly like the healing and integration process that happens when you do sexuality work. The parts of you that are incapable of relaxing, getting out of your head and receiving pleasure, the more that you come to love them and accept them and have conversations with them and let them know that, Hey, I got you. I hear you. Right. It's from this place of complete, total divine love and acceptance that those parts no longer have a hold on you anymore. But the more that you try to push them away, shove them down, repress or suppress them, the more that they actually control you because what you try to control controls you. And this was the greatest lesson from those first three days of ceremony was that I was trying to control the experience from my inner child's eyes. And at the same time, I wanted to show up through a different, more healed and whole identity and experience whatever was there for me beyond healing the fear of doing it in the first place. So, um, showing up in that different goddess identity completely changed the experience. So I had this massive, uh, ancestral healing experience on day four around my family and their fears and concerns around doing things like this in the first place as well. So, um, I remember being with the medicine and being with my inner goddess and us going back into my childhood home, which my parents still live in to this day. And when I'm in this home, I see, um, a portal open where all of the angels and the enlightened masters and the sentinels are, you know, are all there right at my childhood home. And these are also the same ascended masters, enlightened beings and sentinels that are on the land in Colombia that were, uh, you know, keeping the safe the, the safe space for us to be able to, ex to go through this experience and to be of our, for it to be of our highest good. So these beings created this portal from the land in Colombia to my parents' home and they blessed the home that I grew up in and they were able to do the work and to release all fears and attachments around uh, doing things like this in the first place. And in that moment, I knew that my kids would never have to go through or live through this fear of doing anything like this either. And I, I remember calling in my kids, uh, and you know, one on each side of me and saying, you know, here it is like, we're breaking this pattern for you 
because there's no reason that you should ever be afraid of doing anything like this, that there's no reason that you would need to have the level of fear, uh, and hesitation and resistance that I did growing up around a, an experience so beautiful that can open you up to deeper truths about yourself to heal and integrate parts of you, right? Like no one should be scared of doing those things, but you know, that's the story I got growing up. So in that moment that that line was broken and I stopped it because I healed it and I chose to heal it. And that's exactly what women do in the sexuality work that we do in my coaching some programs is that a lot of them do it uh, for their children. You know, maybe you can't find the muster up the courage to do it on your own, or maybe it feels so scary and you're so resistant to it. But if you call in your children and you're like, okay, maybe I don't know if I can do this for myself, but God freaking damn it, I'm going to do it for my kids. And so they never have to suffer through the same guilt and shame and fear and trauma that I experienced growing up. Um, like this is massive because so many people, when they sign up to work with us, this, this is the healing that gets to happen is that it's not just happening on you, but it's happening for your children so that they never have to go through the shit that you went through around your sexuality and relationships too. So I'm, I'm back in my childhood home and all of this ancestral healing is happening. And then they gridded a, uh, a portal from Columbia to the childhood home in Louisiana to uh, where I currently live in Florida. So it was really awesome to see how they connected the dots. Like all of them were super interconnected and I, you know, I'm not sure why yet. I honestly don't even know really other than sending my kids to a school in Florida, what the greater purpose is for us being in Florida and why we've been called here. But here we are, and we're discovering that day by day. <laughs> uh, so that was mostly day four was like experiencing this deep ancestral healing and also healing the part of me that was scared of being extremely abundant and wealthy. So I've done really well in my business. I've made over six figures several years in a row in this business, and I've been really proud of that. But there was also a part of me that felt that I've done it from more of the hustle mindset, that I've done it from more of the strategy and, you know, i got to do all these things, right? And there's the same inner child part of me that got that story growing up. My dad being a plumber and air conditioning and heating guy, he worked his ass off like 14 hours a day in 130 degree attics uh, his whole life for 55 years. He did plumbing and AC and heating. Um, and he had a, a business that, you know, it provided, but that's about all it did. And it was a struggle for him. So I got that blueprint that business is hard, that you have to work hard to make money, that you have to do all the things that you have to struggle and that you do the service. And hopefully you get paid. Uh, because I remember my dad not getting paid from a bunch of clients, you know, he'd go to the work and then they never pay him. And, you know, th this was what I grew up thinking that business had to look like. So I remember experiencing my inner child being like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually afraid that if you were experiencing business as pure play and fun and flow, that you would have no reason to be with me or connect with me, that you would just abandon me. And I was like, oh, 
honey. <laughs> oh, honey. No, it just means that I get to be with you in a new way, in a new way where we have more time to celebrate our successes, where we can relate not through shared struggle, but through shared celebration. And I realized that this was the exact same transition that's been happening within my own family of origin that, you know, I'm on a certain level of awareness and consciousness and they're on their level of awareness and consciousness and in their own journey. And they're still very extremely Southern Baptist and fundamental Christian. And that's okay. Um, But recognizing that I'm no longer available to relate to them through shared struggle. You know, when I go visit, it's often you know, sitting at the dinner table, talking about all the people that are sick in the family, you know, how we have to go, you know, provide these meals for these people this week. And, you know, how aunt so-and-so, you know, had to get her appendix taken out or, you know, how so-and-so has cancer now. And, you know, it's just all about sickness, struggle, lack, scarcity, you know, uh, like it's, it's dense. So when I go visit, it's often, remembering that people actually live in this paradigm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a contrast for me because I don't live thinking these things on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm focused on how awesome my health is, you know, how awesome my body is and how it's always support supporting me and doing exactly what I want and creating what I want. And, um, you know, all of the beautiful things that I want to create for myself and the successes that I've created. And, then recognizing that my inner child, I was actually choosing to relate to her through old patterns and conditioning based on shared struggle as well. And how she believed that it wasn't possible or that maybe if we weren't struggling or trying or, you know, not that we're really struggling, but, you know, if we're not having to try to do all the things, then maybe I would have no reason to commune with her. Uh, that I would just abandon her and leave her alone. And then I'm like, oh, sweetness. Like, of course, I would never abandon you. Of course, even if things were super easy and we attracted clients like crazy and our podcast blew up, of course, I would still be here for you because I get to relate with you on the level of play. And the more money that we make and the more clients that we have, the more the world changes for the better. And the more that we have to go play at the beach all day and not be working all the time, the more time that we have to play with each other. So I got to prove to her that being uber successful and attracting more clients and being more in alignment with what I teach in that doesn't mean that I wouldn't relate to her or have connection with her. It means we just get to shift how our relationship gets to evolve, that it gets to be one through, you know, we get to relate to each other through shared celebration around all the beauty that we've created, all of the flow and the abundance and the play and the pleasure that we've created in our life. And she's like, oh, okay, I see. Cool. (laughs) So day five, Day five was by far the most magical experience uh, around my next level of embodiment around pleasure and play uh, around my business in general. And when we went into ceremony and I started to drop into the experience, I went in knowing that, you know, this inner child part of me still needed some attention, you know, around what happens when we attract million dollar clients or, 
you know, $500,000 clients? What happens when that becomes our reality? Because that's where we're going in this business. And she's, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I don't know that you'd ever even be there for me. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking, of course I would. Let me show you how. So I'm dropping in and grandmother comes and she's like, she shows me uh, a scene, a vision of when I was four years old on Christmas day. So it's Christmas day. I'm four years old and I get this yellow paddle car. So this is one of these little cars that you can ride down your driveway and you push your feet like in a paddle boat and you know, it makes the car go. So I get one of these yellow paddle cars and it, you know, in real life, it was like my favorite toy growing up. I spent so many hours on the driveway driving this little thing down the driveway. We had a little bitty hill on our driveway, which when you grow up in Louisiana, a little bitty hill is like, you know, candy because no one has hills. It's super flat. So <laughs> we had this tiny little hill on the driveway where I go up in the garage and start paddling the car and I go down the driveway and it was so much fun. And grandmother shows me, she's like, okay, now I want to show you something that not even your parents know about this little car that you've received for Christmas. So I'm like, okay, cool. So she's like, all right, go to the driveway, get your paddle car ready. And we're going to go. And mind you, grandmother's like, sweetheart, this is the day that you decided that work had to be hard because I remembered that all of the the things my parents would say, you know, like, oh, you got to be a good girl to get presents on Christmas. You got to work hard to have the presents that you want for Christmas day. So I had all of this conditioning from early on. And grandmother shows me like, this is the day you decided that was true. And I'm going to show you how we can change that. So I get up to the driveway, I'm going down in my paddle car and I'm starting to go down the hill and I'm like, yes, this is so fun. And grandmother's like, okay, now look down at your feet and notice what happens. So I'm looking down at my feet and all of a sudden, all of these dollar bills start flying out of there. And it's like dollar bills everywhere. They're going all over the driveway. They're flowing out, they're like flying out like uh, one of those machines that you can envision, you know, that they have the air bubble in it and the, it vacuums the, or blows the money out or <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And it's just like flying everywhere. And she goes, see, Working is as easy as play. Making money is as easy as playing. And in that moment, I had the biggest emotional release and up level and upgrade because in that moment, I knew that is true in my body. That, oh my God, like <laughs> creating aligned clients at the level that I desire to work with them at, this, that it's actually possible, that it's actually happening right now. And it's not hard and it doesn't have to be through struggle that the way that I attract what I want to create in this business is through playing through being the living example of what I teach and preach and in that moment so much of a release it just started bawling I was just like oh yes making money is as easy as play because it is it is so before that moment I could think in my head yeah I mean like money is as easy as breathing oxygen, you know, that's what teachers who teach around money always say. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's just because they sell, you know, million dollar programs or whatever, you know, to teach people that. Right. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's not, I don't really know. 
but you have these ideas and these things you want to believe is true. And with the medicine, it just brought it all to home. And I was like, finally, I believe that is true. So I had this emotional release of like ecstasy and also sadness at the same time for all the decades that I've spent doing so many things that, you know, struggle and strive and do and, and be and overgive and people please. And, you know, all of the ways that I ran my life and how I made money and how I ran my business from this old pattern and conditioning that had to be a good girl and work hard in order to earn my keep. Right. And in that moment, just dissolving all of it like that, done, completely done. So when they say that ayahuasca has the ability to heal, you know, 20, 30 years of therapy and just one week, I completely believe that as truth because I experienced it. You know, I've worked on healing uh, money and, you know, struggle and lack and scarcity stories so many times in my life before, but never have I gotten to that level of embodiment and truth and knowing in my bones that that was true. So yes, this medicine is absolutely incredible. I've learned how you know, to work with it and in the way that there's no judgment, you know, that there's only acceptance for all that is because everything has a right to exist. Even if you don't like it, it still has a right to exist. And knowing that is true in my bones, knowing that uh, no matter what I'm faced with, that I can see the good in it, that I can choose to see the good in it and that I can choose differently as well. So it was recognizing my personal sovereignty at a new level and noticing, you know, I would be there having a vision of maybe something coming to mind that felt uncomfortable. And I'd be like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Love you. And I choose pleasure, joy, abundance, ease, and grace anyway. And just recognizing myself as the sovereign creator that all of us are and that in every single moment you are creating. So what you are feeling, what you are thinking in every single moment is what you are creating more of. And recognizing that now and coming into an integration phase around all of this is like, wow, okay, this is so powerful. So for my integration, I've actually... Uh, committed to setting up several different times throughout the day. And I've always did this in the morning, but it was only like once a day. And I'm recognizing how much more this gets to happen now. Uh, Setting up several times throughout the day uh, with an alarm that I check in with myself and I ask myself, what am I creating right now? So when I ask myself that question, that means I get to check in with what are the thoughts going through my head in this moment? What am I feeling in my body in this moment? And if they are not... uh, what I consciously want to be creating, then I get to shift and change it. So, you know, going into what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Okay. I'm thinking, for instance, struggle, and I don't want to feel like I'm struggling. Okay. Well, I want to feel ease and grace instead. I want to feel that this is easy and that this is play and recognizing, okay, what are the stories, beliefs, perceptions that I get to adopt in alignment with something that's easy and that's graceful? And then what actions do I get to take that shifts from struggle to ease? 
and taking those actions. So this is part of the integration. You know, these ayahuasca journeys and experiences can be so powerful, but if you just go home back to life as it was before without implementing what you've learned and practicing the what you've learned from the great teacher grandmother abuelita then it can be completely worthless right you just maybe you had this great experience of experiencing yourself as a sovereign creator and divine being that you are but you never actually took any action to (laughs) move forward with that awareness and to implement the teaching. So implementing the teachings is so important in these experiences. And I, you know, it's been four or five days now and just noticing how much different my reality is already from where, you know, where I was just two weeks ago. So that is my experience with ayahuasca and learning to receive more pleasure, more joy, more abundance, more ease, more grace in my life, simply by learning to love it all, to accept it all, complete non-judgment and acceptance of all things, because all things have a right to exist, hot mama. And if you have any further questions about this journey, I would love to hear from you all. Uh, Many, many people have asked about my experience so far, and you might have questions in particular. Yes, a lot of people have asked if I would do it again. Absolutely. We're already planning to go back in October to bring more of our family with us. Uh, Not my family in particular, not my Southern Baptist family, but (laughs) they're not going to be open for this for a little while probably, but um Yeah, so we already plan to go back in October and I'm really excited to work with the medicine more because it won't be so much about getting over the fear of doing it, but it will be about deepening the teachings and the learnings um, going forward. So who knows what else the medicine has to teach, but I'm excited to learn. Uh, You can contact me at contact at tilly-storm.com. Uh, that's my email again, contact at tilly-storm.com. If you'd like to ask further questions, I'd be happy to answer. All right, my loves, take care and we'll see you next week. Bye. Loved this content? Then be sure to download my private podcast training, five days to epic sex and pleasure for high achieving moms at www.tillystorm.com forward slash five day training.